Today we are in uh, the second week of our new sermon series that uh, I'm kind of excited about. It's called uh, The Difference Makers. And it's about those people we can read about in the Bible who are common people that God uses for uncommon purposes. So last week we, uh, we learned about uh, that, that husband and wife couple, Priscilla and Aquila, who um, uh, did uh, uncommon things for God in leading the early church and sharing the good news about Jesus and even saving Paul's life. And these were people who were victors, not victims, people who uh, uh, were teachable, not instructed. Today, though, we're going to go back to the Old Testament, back to, uh, way back to the front part of the Old Testament, where we'll talk about uh, this woman, and, and cover things about this woman by the name of Rahab. And Rahab was a common person. She was um, somebody who was not even an Israelite. She was a Canaanite living in the city of Jericho before the Israelites crossed into the Promised Land. And she was a prostitute, a common prostitute. She lived in a place that, um, well, her house was in a strange place, first of all. It was in the wall, okay? And in those days, you know, they had strange things like the walls around Jericho were, were um, um, you know, composed of various things, including various houses. But this house doubled as an inn, and and uh, inns in those days were for things. You know, some of the things I think you can probably guess what they're using for because it would be for travelers who'd be coming along, and they need a place to stay. So uh, they would stay in an inn and have a place to stay the night. They would have food. They would have uh, drink. But they would also be uh, given or had at their disposal uh, for the men travelers anyway, women. Women like Rahab. Rahab, in other words, basically was a madam. She ran the brothel here in Jericho. And, and, uh, and the Israelites, the Israelites, well, they uh, were going to send a couple of spies in there, and they went to Rahab's house. Now, before I tell you what happened there, uh, I think it's important to know what Rahab's name means. What Rahab's name means broad. It means broad. So it's like, you know, if you're a fan of Everybody Loves Raymond, Frank Barone, you know, he'd refer to women as broad. Not exactly the most uh, <laughs> uh, respectful term, perhaps, that he could use. But the people in, in this town didn't really refer to Rahab with respect either. Uh, she was accepted, but not respected. And, and so they would say, you know, there, there's Rahab, there's, there's the broad, and there's, she could go over to the broad house. And these two, these two spies, went to the broadcast. Now, as a common prostitute, what I, what I meant by that a moment ago was, was that they actually had two kinds of prostitutes in that day and age. They had the special prostitutes. These were the ones who would uh, be at the, uh, the temple. They would be temple prostitutes. But then there would also be the common prostitutes, like Rahab. She was not a temple prostitute. And, and uh, so she was very common. She was a common person. And... Uh, she was somebody that uh, most people would not have thought would have an uncommon future, a special future. But experience the best that God had for her. She needed to do something about the things of her past. She needed to do something about the things that were hanging on, to be set free from those, so she could experience an uncommon future. Now this... <laughs> This thing here, okay, you know, it's kind of neat that uh, the, 
Um, the church custodian here, Tammy, had, had uh, labeled this trash can for me, garbage, so that I would know where to throw it. You know, it's pretty slow passes among us. You know, might need to actually use got two cans. One of them is full of size and the other one's for garbage. So she, she did that for me. But uh, that actually came from my desk. Um, and um, unfortunately, I did discover after I got this back that uh, uh, it's a little messier in there than I thought that it was. Um, but it's tough to carry this stuff around in You know, the stuff from our past. It gets in the way. It hinders things. It can pop up at the wrong times. It, it, it can be the kind of stuff that pops up, you know, things that you've said in the past, things that you've done in the past, that come back and haunt you, and, and uh, you know, all of a sudden, out of the blue, you think of this thing and think, man, I can't believe I said that. Not, I can't believe I did that. I, you know, and the guilt can be there. It can be something that impacts your peace in the present and what you do in the future. So, like Rahab, in order for us to experience the death that God has for us, in order for us to experience an uncommon future, what we need to do is figure out what to do about this. We need to figure out how to be released from the garbage of our past. But the question is, how do we do that? How does a person let go? Well, if we look at Rahab and, and uh, what she did, what we can see are these things I think we can learn from. First of all is this. First thing, trade in your frequent, your frequent flyer now. And by that, I don't mean, you know, literally, <laughs> your frequent flyer miles that you're going from Delta or Southwest or Spirit or whatever it might be. Uh, because those are the things that you're going to create in and you're going to use to, you know, go on a trip to Hawaii or whatever it is. So it's a good thing. But what I mean is to use that as an example of what we're talking about here. That with frequent flyer miles, what we do with that is we trade those in so that we can get a trip in the future. So the future trip that we have is dependent upon the trips that we have taken in the past. But in this particular case, if our future trips, if, if what we do in the future is dependent upon this, what kind of a future is that going to be? You know, these are not good frequent flyers. These are bad frequent flyers. So we need to do something about the frequent flyer miles. The, the other thing is, is that with frequent flyer miles, we are focused on the past. Where have we been? What did we learn from that? What came from that? This is what came from that. And we don't want to live there. So in other words, we're looking for some way to disconnect this from this. Now, Rahab was one who was well-traveled. She accumulated a lot of frequent flyer miles over the time that she was on this earth. And um, she could have had her future determined by what she did here. But she didn't. Instead, she did something different. What she did, first of all, was she listened. And what she heard was this story, these stories, these news reports about these people that were coming out of the desert, these Hebrews that were coming from the direction of Egypt, and, and what had happened with them, how they were cornered up against the Red Sea. But somehow, this uncommon God that they followed parted the Red Sea, and they were able to go through the Red Sea. I mean, these people, they, they were uncommon people, really, because anybody that they faced, even these mighty kings that the people of Jericho themselves feared, themselves were conquered by the Israelites. These were uncommon people who were following an uncommon God. So when she heard about this, she wanted what they had. 
you want this uncommon God, this uncommon future that is now promised to these people? He wanted the uncommon God that they had, which brings us to the next step of letting go, which is this. We've got to figure out what to do with this. Okay? And here's what we do with it. Give it to Jesus. Give it to Jesus. In our gospel lesson for today, we hear about this woman who is unnamed. But she could be Rahab, except for the fact that she's living many years later. But she's a Rahab kind of a person. And while we don't know a lot about Rahab, we don't read a, a whole lot of details about Rahab, we can see in this woman and what she does a lot of what Rahab's attitudes were and what would have been taking place behind the scenes. Because this woman was a woman like Rahab who had a reputation. She hauled a lot of garbage around with her. And she was not invited to the party that Jesus was invited to. As a matter of fact, because of this garbage that she was hauling around, she wasn't invited to hardly any party. But she crossed herself. She wasn't on the guest list, but she came anyway. And there she came because she heard about this one who was uncommon, this Jesus who was uncommon, that might actually be able to do something about the garbage of her past. She came to Jesus and she knelt at his feet. And there at his feet, what she did was to bring him, in essence, her garbage. It, you know, when, when you travel, when you go on a long trip or something like that, oftentimes you might find that when you get there, wherever that is, you want to, you know, refresh yourself. So you might go wash up, or you might splash some water in your face, or something like that. In those days, they would wash pretty much everywhere they went, and they would wash with sandals on. So for them to freshen up, what they would do is wash their feet. And it was up to the host of whatever the party was to... Um, provide a way for these guests to wash their feet. But this host didn't do that. The Pharisee didn't do that. So the woman came in, and she did that. So get the irony here, okay? The one that the Pharisee, the host of this party called unclean, is the one who cleans Jesus' feet. And she does so with this expensive perfume, this expensive ointment, and tears that she's crying. Because she realizes that here is an uncommon one, who might be able to do the uncommon thing, which is to lift from the garbage of her past. And when she heard the words that she longed to hear from Jesus, the words were, your sins are forgiven. And the, the host of the feast went nuts when he heard this. There was no way in the world he was going to let Jesus get away with this. After all, he was determined to make sure that this woman carried her garbage with her wherever she went. They were strapped to her body permanently because she, in his words, was a sinner. But not for Jesus. Jesus said, You can leave that one right there because you are forgiven and you're released. You're free. You're free now to go into the promised land. Now, those very people that Rahab had heard about, those Hebrews, what she apparently didn't hear was how they were crossing the wilderness. They were coming away from being slaves in Egypt. And while they were crossing the wilderness, they were saying to Moses and complaining to Moses and saying, hey, we kind of liked it back there. We want to go back again. We were slaves to this stuff, and we want to be slaves to this stuff again. Thankfully, Moses didn't listen to that. Instead, he gave them a vision that God had given to him. A vision of a future 
free of slavery to the garbage of the past. A, a vision of crossing into the promised land. And now, the Hebrews were there at the doorstep to the promised land. Which brings us to this point. If you want to be set free from the garbage of the past, do what you know, not what you feel. Do what you know, not what you feel. If we look at this story, we can see this remarkable contrast between Rahab and Joshua. Joshua was the leader of the Israelites. He was a general. He was he's, he's been around for a long time. And and if anybody would be somebody that we would think would not be bound by fear, it would be Joshua. And if there was any, ever anybody who would understand that the thing that you really shouldn't do in this situation would be to send spies in the land, it would be Joshua. Because after all, he was around 40 years before when the spies went into the land, when the people of Israel were at about the same spot. They sent the spies in the land. They came back with a fearsome report. And the people became afraid. They did what they feared instead of what they knew, which is what they knew about the God who parted the Red Sea, who provided for them in the wilderness. And, and they, they instead did what they feared and wound up wandering through the wilderness for 40 years until they finally now, at long last, are back here at this spot. And now God, once again, now says to Joshua, Joshua, do not be afraid. I'm going to go before you. I'm going to go into the promised land ahead of you. I'm going to defeat your enemies. I'm going to be the one to do that. And you would think at that point in time, Joshua would say, okay, I know you're God. And therefore, I'm going to trust you. I'm going to follow you. But instead, what he does is he does what he fears. And what he fears is the people that lie on the other side of the Jordan. So he sends in the two spies into the, into the promised land who go to Jericho. And they go to Rahab's house. Now, Rahab, on the other hand, she does what she knows. She says these words. I know the Lord has given this land to me. I know the Lord. And this is the kind of thing that you would think that Joshua would say. But it's not Joshua saying it at all. It's, it's Rahab who's saying it. I know the Lord has given this land to you. And I know the great fear of you has fallen on us. So you combine what Rahab knows with the fear of the people of Jericho, and it is a certain, certain victory for Yahweh. So Rahab wants to throw in with the victory. There's no way that Jericho can stand against an uncommon God like him. She heard the stories of what he did for his people, and now because of what she knows, she's released from her past, released from this, and she joins the uncommon God's people. Now, the question for you is this. What does what you do say? Is the, the things that you do in life, you know, those things, do they, do they say that you are doing them because of what you know or because of what you feel? Do they say that you know that this God that you serve, that you follow, is an uncommon God? Do they say that this God is the God who created the universe? He is a powerful God. This God who uh, you know, created the sun, if you see pictures of the sun, I'm talking about S-U-N now, okay, and, and just awesome, amazing. It's like, wow, you know, and that this is the God who created that. Does what, what you do, does it say that you know that about this God? Or does it say that you feel? Does it speak something about what you feel? Does it say that you know that you are forgiven? 
or did you say that you fear that forgiveness might be for other people but not for you? Did you say that you know that Jesus died on that cross and shed his blood for you so that you could be set free from this and you could live this uncommon future? Did you say that you know that? Or did you say that you fear that that's just simply not enough in your case? That there's got to be more to it. Something more you've got to do. And you hang on to the garbage of the past. Because you do it to fear rather than to know. What is what did you say about fear? Now, this is the, the last thing I think we can learn here in this particular case of Rahab, and it's this. It's important to get a new idea. In Rahab's case, the, the, the people of the town gave her an identification. She was Rahab the prostitute, carrying around the garbage of her past. And that was her identification. Accepted but not respected. Or the woman who sat at Jesus' feet, the Pharisee had his label for her. It was her identification. This, this was a sinner. And there's no way in the world that she's going to escape that identification. Now, an ID is important. It gets you into places. It, gets, it allows you to do certain things. You know, in this country, that's an important thing. You, you ever go to, like, yeah, okay, those of you who have gray hair, you ever go to, like, buy a bottle of wine or something like that and get carded? Okay. Isn't that great? <laughs> you know, IDs are important. Question: What ID do you, do you want to carry around? You want to carry around the one that says, "Hey, here's a picture of my garbage." Okay, this is my identification. You can view me through this. Okay. Or you want the ID that God gives you: forgiveness, love. You want to go by that ID? You go by that ID, it's going to get you into places that you could not have gotten into before. And one of those places, the most significant place of all, is the uncommon future that God has for you. That you cannot experience when you're ashamed, when you're saved to the garbage of the past. To get a new idea. Now, for, in this case, for Rahab, we can take a look at what uh, was accomplished through her. And what we can see is this several things. First of all, those, uh, those spies that uh, came to her inn, all right, they were brothel, um, who were sent, they were entrusted with this tremendous in, in mission that they were given, and, and you know, they, they went straight to the brothel. <laughs> these people, uh, that the people of Israel were dependent upon, Rahab made sure that they got back safely. And because they got back safely, then they crossed into the promised land. They conquered Jericho. They went on to uh, receive and occupy the land that they saw as, as the sign of God's promise to them. That was significant. It's uncommon. But there's more. If you go to the first chapter of the Gospel of Matthew, there's this genealogy. And you know what a genealogy is? It's, you know, this person was the father of this person, this person was the father of this person. And, and so on and so forth. And, and it's got this genealogy there in the first, God, the first chapter. And there's one particular name that stands out in all of these names. And guess what name that mentions? <laughs> Rahab. All of these names of these men. And here comes Rahab. What happened was Rahab wound up marrying an Israelite. And, uh, and she gave birth to this son by the name of Boaz. Boaz became the uh, 
kinsman redeemer of Ruth. And you read about in the book of Ruth in the Old Testament. And, and as the kinsman redeemer, he is that model, that example of what Jesus will become for us as he redeems us from the God of the And then you continue on down. And you can see that Rahab actually is the, is the forebearer, the ancestor of King David, the greatest king that ever was in, in the land of Israel. He was called a man after God's own heart. And then you continue on down farther from that. And you can see farther down from that, what we've got is that Rahab actually was the ancestor, the forebearer, the great, 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 great grandmother, whatever, of Jesus, the Messiah. God used her for an uncommon future in many ways. It's amazing what God can do when you are released from the garbage of your past. And God can use an uncommon person or a common person like Rahab for uncommon purposes. Imagine the uncommon future that God has in store for you. He released. Please come and drive it to your house. Let's pray. Let's please come up.